0: And Lord Jesus, we just come before you right now, Lord, and we we worship you alone, God, and we just ask that you would uh, fill us with your Holy Spirit tonight, Lord. And as we as we go through Matthew chapter five, that we would uh, we would look we would look at these things that you say, Lord, on the Sermon on the Mount, Lord, and how we are to behave, and Lord, and uh, how we are to have a blessed life, Lord. And we would, we would apply those, and Lord, that you would be the standard for everything we do, Lord. So we just love you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You want to turn say hello everyone have a seat. Hey guys. What's going on? All right hopefully everyone had a a good week. I had kind of attacked this week, I feel like, a little bit spiritually. I don't know if it's because we were talking about how to defeat the enemy and he just didn't like that, you know, but, uh, you know, God God was still good, you know, during that and it was, everything turned out just fine. It's funny, you can have these uh, like you have these spiritual attacks and it's like, why don't they just recognize this is a spiritual attack when it happens right then and there? Because, you know, then you can just, you know, call upon the name of the Lord and you right. And Jesus is, there's power in the name of Jesus and I <laughs> took care of that, you know, but that's the reality is that's not how it works. And you kind of, at least if you're Sean, you kind of, you know, have a momentary, momentarily freak out moment to where you're like, what's going on? Why is this happening to me? I'm so persecuted, you know, and it's just like dumb work stuff. Um, but, you know, it was, it came down to, you know, calling upon the name of the Lord, being in, and, and uh, doing what Jesus did so long ago, like we, like we read about when Jesus was in the wilderness, that he was even weaker as a man, because he, he was starving to death. He was, you know, it says he was hungry in the text, even he was starving 40, 40 days, uh, 40 days of fasting, so he was even a weaker human being at this point, and he defeated the most anointed chair about one point with the word of God. And uh, and so as as we're moving on, Jesus in Matthew chapter five, you brought your your Bibles. Turn to Matthew chapter five, and we're going through this series. I've titled this series the "Be Disciples" series of Matthew. two, two reasons here: be disciples because what we're going to go over today. The Beatitudes. And I and I, I really feel like there's that as we go through the Gospels, we're going to see that Jesus was discipling the entire time that he was doing this. He even like he dies on the cross, and at the very last second saves one more. Right? The thief on the cross, which is kind of funny. Yeah, not funny. It's just like, of course he does, you know. Saves one more and then rises from the dead, and then sits down and disciples his apostles again. You know, and, and Jesus really, and I noticed as they're going to teach, Jesus really set the standard for discipleship. And, in the, and then he commanded us to do it. And then it makes me wonder, are we doing it? And so, and I'm not accusing the, this church or, you know, whatever of you as not doing it, but it'd be better to teach as if you were not. And if you are... Then you, then you'll we'll disciple better through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? I think we should tighten up. I, like the song was just saying, "I see a near revival." Well, what's the revival? Revival is is us is the church reviving? It's you know, and then what happens? in awakening. People start to come to the Lord, and as they do, I think I think it's going to be through things like the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter five verses one through ten, and seeing the, the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 11. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And uh, j- chapter five through seven is is I would say the best sermon. You also have the Olivet Discord, but Jesus, whenever Jesus does anything, it's the best, right? You know, it's uh, Jesus. It's Jesus. He's God. You know, and so he gives the best sermon. Besides this sermon, like personally, you know, the, anything Jesus says is the best. So his his sermons are the best. But besides that, I really like Stephen's sermon in Acts. If you read that, it's like, man, I wish that, I wish I could do that. I wish I could be that good. You know. But it's, you know, it's the Lord that speaks through you. It's nothing I do anyway, right? Um, this sermon is known as the Sermon on the, on the Mount. And what Jesus is doing here is he's, he's speaking to us on how to have a blessed life. And, we, and as, as, as we're doing that, I think we can read the Beatitudes. And I'm sure you've, you've heard this before, the Beatitudes. Well, it's the attitudes we ought to be having. No, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I, you know, I get that. That makes sense. You know, okay, yeah. But, but beatitudes. Really, it's as as they were writing, translating the New Testament, they titled it the Beatitudes. Um, they got it from the word, the Latin word beatis, which means blessed. So this first, that's for you Bible scholars, if you want to know. I got that from Bible college. I don't know if that's worth anything, but that's where it comes from, blessed. But but as we as we're looking at that. Um, it's, it's how to, it's how I think Jesus is giving us on how to have a blessed life. And we look at a blessed life and what does that mean? There's, there's a difference because emotionally I can be happy right now. My emotion literally are nervous because for some reason I'm scared to death. I, I, I'll tell you a little insight and a fault of mine is I love attention. If you, if you know anything about me, you know, that's correct, you know, but, um, but right now I'm scared. I, I, you know, I'm up here. Te- I'm up here, having faith that God gave me a message to give to you guys. And if I don't want to blow that, I don't want to say something wrong. You know, these, these these words are the words of eternal life, Bre- you know, breathed in the mouth of God. And I was thinking this week. You know, everything you read when you read something and it says, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven." That's from the same mouth that said, "Let there be light. Let there be the sun. Let there be the earth. Let there be the moon, the stars, the you know, whatever." And that's something, I think, as we look at that, we got to take seriously. But, you know, and right now, my emotions, I'm happy that I'm doing this. But, you know, I'm on my way back home. I can get in the car and get cut off, and then I can be all of a sudden very angry. And, you know, the difference between having a blessed life and, you know, being happy at moments in your life is a perfect example is I could, I'm sure you've heard this before, I could write you a check right now if you came up to me, and this is just an example not the church saying they'll do this, or Sean. But you come up to me, you know, Sean, I I, I, need, I, need some money. I go, you know what? I'm, I'm in a pretty generous mood, bro. How, how much do you need? Sean, you know, if I had $10,000, that would just set me straight. I would be good. I wouldn't have any kind of, any problems, right, you know, after that. You know what, man? The, the church, you know, we we had pretty good tithing this week. Let me Let me cut you a church check for $10,000. Not going to do that, by the way. Keep that in mind. So the point here, um, and you're going to be your emotion. You're going to be happy. <laughs> this is the best church I've ever gone to in my life. And then you're going to go. You're going to leave this church, right? And you're going to take off, and you're going to go to the bank, and you're going to slap that check on the uh, on the counter, and the teller's going to look at you and laugh in your face when you try to cash it. And then your emotional reaction is going to be, "This that was the worst church of my life," you know. And my point is, our emotions they can go from super happy to super sad. But what if Jesus here is, is giving us the key, the, I don't know if the key is the right word, but telling us on how to have a blessed life, a full heart, and under, understanding that, that it's not just for the specific life, but for all of eternity. You know why? Because what I pr- truly believe what's going on here is Jesus is telling, uh, telling us what his nature is. We were made in the image of God. And I think this is what God is like. I think God is poor in spirit. I'm not saying he's, he's weak uh, by any means. He's, I mean, you could read the Bible and see that he's not weak. He's just what he says goes, but I believe he wants us to represent him in an accurate manner, and this is how you do it, and that's how you have a blessed life. It says first, and, and, um, in verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Learning to lean on the things that God provides rather than earthly wealth opposite of what the world would say we look at this and if you were to apply the beatitudes to like the um corporate competitive job field this is probably not the way to go you know i can tell you at least being in the marine corps applying this to the marine corps might not be the best idea you know we're we're we think we're the best we're arrogant we're tough you know you get you at boot camp i got punched for being too tall i'm not kidding you know, and, and, and they, they, they like to um, talk about pride, and you know, I get it, it's a, and my point is, it's just, you know, as you apply, apply the um, cutthroat work attitude, and you contrast it to the Beatitudes, it's probably not going to get you far, Ideally. But, but here, God's saying, I want you to trust in me. I want you to, I want you to, um, to, to get rid of your pride. I could do a mighty work through you when you don't have pride. Do you know why? Because my heart, is my, my spirit is poor in spirit. I'm, I'm humble. God doesn't have an ounce of pride. Remember I said that? God created everything with his voice. With his very breath. He said, let there be this. Jesus said it, and it was, and it was good. And then he said, let there be, and then he spoke man into existence, and then he took his time and created man, and it was very good. And everything that he created, and then he and then he humbled himself to um, to the point of death, even to death on a cross. And you got to think what that means. He was born into you know and born into the, the, these people to save them. And as he was born in them, he you know subjected himself to Joseph to learn. And even through his ministry, people would accuse him of of of, uh, of his mom had cheated on Joseph to have him. I mean, you know, you, you, you think about what when, when he would go around, he, they would point that out, be like, "Here, that's not even your real father." I know the Holy Spirit entered, you know, entered in and all that. You know, can you imagine someone telling you that? You'd be like, "Okay, that's not real." If some, you know, if someone said the Holy Spirit got me pregnant, yeah, okay. You know, but 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 the reality is that's what happened, and so the humility that would taken, and then again, the whole idea of the cross. God doesn't have pride, and so when He says, "Be poor in spirit," He's saying, "Be like Me." Isaiah chapter two verse twelve says, "For the day of the Lord of hosts shall come upon everything proud and lofty, upon everything lifted up, and it shall be right, and it shall be brought low." The right heart is usable by the Holy Spirit. The right heart is saved by Jesus, and that's what Jesus is doing here as he sits as he sits down um, to teach. Another thing for you Bible scholars is is rabbis and and, and teachers back then they would sit down and the students would remain standing. It was sort of an informal way. And as the rabbis would, would walk around Israel, and if they wanted to make a point about the flowers or something, they would sit next to the flowers and everyone would kind of make a school circle around the rabbis and, and they would make their point. And that's what Jesus is doing. Somewhere along those lines, that got twisted around. Um, but the right heart is poor in spirit and saved by Jesus and is how God sees us because he sees Jesus in us. And so when you're born again, you, God looks at you as he looks at his son. And as you're born again, you're changed by, you're changed by the Holy Spirit. You're changed by the word of God. You're, you become poor in spirit. You're usable by him because you're, you have Jesus inside of you. Isaiah 66 six two says, for all those things my hand has made and all those things exist, says the Lord, but on this one will I look On him who is poor and and of a contrite heart, and who trembles at my word. Again, Micah six, eight, he has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. As I was looking at that, I I remember thinking that that was Joseph, you know, the stepfather of of Jesus. He loved you know, he, he loved mercy and justice. And it's rare to, it can be rare to find, sometimes a Christian or, or anyone that's religious, there, it seems like they're either one or the other. Either they love mercy and they let everything you know everything else, people get away with everything else, or they really love justice and they come down hard. But God says, God's all of those things. I love justice and mercy. and I want you to walk humbly with me because I'm humble. You know, it's the fear of the Lord that we bring people, t- that we pursue people to um, bring them to be, you know, to bring them into the, the kingdom of heaven because of the great white throne judgment. But it's the kindness of God that brings people to repentance. You know, and as we, we, you know, what I think about is, I kind of think about the Garden of Eden. I think this is how humankind, the beatitudes, how we would have been in the Garden if you know sin never entered in. And I was thinking about, like, think about, I think, you know, I don't know for sure, maybe it's a little bit of speculation, but, you know, when a woman would have been pregnant in the garden, because, you know, the pain of birth was added on, how much of a blessing would that have been if there's no pain? I know you women are like, that would have been great, but... You know the the bonding that would happen, the joy that that would have bring, and every you know every time every, every time you got together, it was it was in the hands of God on whether or not you were going to give a, a boy, a girl, or a child at all. But when you did, it was I imagine those nine months where it was a time of of bonding and growing and getting excited. And I think the whole thing was supposed to be a just love. Not that it's not less love now. It's probably you know pro- it probably helps with the love thing. You know I brought you into this world, kid. But, and it just makes you think like that, that what, you know, what 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter and, 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 and and the Beatitudes and what, what it really would have been like. You know why? Because we were made in the image of almighty God. And I think like before sin entered in, we would have behaved in this manner. And Jesus has to come and tell us these things now because we have a sin nature. But we're restored to the image of God through the image of his son. The opposite of this life is a sinful nature. And, you know, it just shows, you know, sin enters in, and there's a need for a law. And that's why God brought the, brought the law, but he didn't bring the law because he's harsh. He didn't bring the law because he's not these, not these things in the beatitude. He brought the law because he loves us. And it's amazing. And, the, and even the Old Testament the law, it, it pointed to Jesus. It makes me think of Nineveh, who came to repentance. If you know the story of Nineveh, Jonah and the whale. Oh, Jonah and the great fish, excuse me. we don't know if it was a whale. But I mean, what did Jonah do? You know, Jonah was like the worst minister of God, it seems like, ever. You know, like he constantly fought God on it. Hey, go to Nineveh and tell these people, tell these people to repent or, you know, or tell these people 40 days and, the, and Nineveh's going to burn. <laughs> and he didn't want to. He took off God in a boat and tried to go to the farthest known place on the earth at that time. And God sent, God, you know, went after him to, to make him do what he wanted to do. And what, what did Jonah do? Went in the belly of a great fish and was in the great fish for three days before he said, fine. Dude, if I see a great fish coming at me, i to be like, okay, okay, all right, all right, I'm going you know and and then he goes there he walks straight into the middle of Nineveh and just goes 40 days and Nineveh's going to burn by and then like probably the greatest revival that has ever happened ever on this planet happens and Jonah's mad about it i guarantee you if 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 like a the population the size of a city come to this church and, and become born again you know, this, the, the, my dad's going to be thrilled, I promise you. We're all going to be really stoked about it. We're probably going to have too much to handle, but, you know, Jonah, Jonah was upset. But if there wasn't the law, you know, the law was there. The, those people, those, those, do you not, do those people not go to heaven? They repented. Jesus talks about them later on. He said, in fact, he says they will judge, and they, you know, they're going to judge people in, in Israel. The law points to the one that will restore us to the image of God. So if we were created in the image of God, that was tainted a long time ago. That was tainted with the very first human beings, Adam and Eve, right? And something, and there was all of a sudden a separation. That was sin. And if you think, I hate this. thing. And if you think about that sin, what sin has been doing to us, it's been just wiping us out. You know, think about the sin. Think about, you know, obviously Eve had, and Adam had no idea what they were really doing when they sinned because think of all the murders that have happened, all the adultery, all the heartbreak and everything that has happened. And if, if Eve somehow could have foreseen that, would she have ate the fruit? Probably. I don't know. I just know my nature. And if I'm reflecting on my nature, I like my, what my dad said. He said, if Adam and Eve wouldn't have done it, you would have. Sad but true. But we were made in the image of God, and you know what? If you look, it's funny. You look at Nebuch- King Nebuchadnezzar is a perfect image, perfect example of this. He, in his pride, he goes. King Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon, you know Daniel the prophet. If you don't know, read Daniel if you if you want to find out who Nebuchadnezzar. Is, if you don't know, but in Daniel, he's walking around saying, "Look what I have done," and God says, "I'm gonna, I'm going I'm gonna, you know, make you no know better than the animals. I'm gonna judge you." And what does Daniel say? He's like, "You know what? God's gonna do this, but He'll hold off His judgment if you if you repent and you just and you stop with the pride." And he did for a while until one day he goes out and says, look what I did. And God immediately, I believe, took his image out of him. And what happened? He was no better than the animals, right? He was walking around eating grass. He said he had like feathered type things growing on him. There's obviously, we were made in God's image. There's something to be said in that. And then what happened? So how are we restored to that? How do we get that right, right fellowship back with our creator? Romans chapter 8 verse 29 says, for whom he foreknew... He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many believers. It's through the Son that we're restored to the image of God. It's through the Son that we have salvation. It's through the Son that God looks at us now as if we never sinned because your sins were forgiven on the cross 2,000 years ago, and you can't out the cross. You can blaspheme the Holy Spirit by completely rejecting that and, and not accepting the Lord. But I, don't, I, I truly I believe if you're here now, none of you are in danger of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. In fact, I, I personally, and I hope, you're all born again. I mean, why else would you be here on a Sunday night but to find out what God wants to say to you, right? And I think, you know, even you guys, and let me exhort you in this, as you're here, that's poor in spirit. You want to find out what you're creating. What if I'm made in the image of God, I'm going to want to know what that is. And I think Jesus is giving us that. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven, And let me tell you, everything where Jesus says the blessing part of it, like theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They shall be comforted. They shall inherit the earth. Let me tell you, those things are now. Those things start right now. And yes, in heaven, so let's, you know, don't disown that, but get that into your mind right now, that it starts right now. The nature of God is poor in spirit, but this is not a weak thing. Pride is is a sin. God hates it. He is he nothing like it. Nothing to do with it. Um, poor in spirit is the same spirit that Paul is speaking of in Romans 8.37. Yet in all things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. When you're, when you're poor in spirit, you're more than a conqueror. When you're poor in spirit, you're used by God who created everything. And again, if, if, the man, if, if God, who created everything, is telling you with that same voice how to, how to be blessed, then that's something we need to be taking special attention to. This through Christ, through the word, through prayer. The kingdom of heaven is through Christ and having him through you. So it starts now, right now, us sitting, talking about God, talking about the Lord, wondering what happened 2,000 years ago. You know, the, uh, He sat on the Mount of Olives. If you've ever been there, if you look up a picture you know, and you look at that thing, that, that, that kind of goes to my head is imagining Jesus sitting down explaining this far better than I am, you know, to, to to his disciples. And also understand this is not just the 12. It's not just 12 men sitting around Jesus. There's a lot of people at this point that are being attracted to Jesus because he's doing healings. And, and know that it was a lot of people, not super apostles, you know, with a capital A, but it was common people like you and I. And you look at the people that Jesus went Matthew, what, this man that wrote this, when Jesus called Matthew, it makes me think of the, of the man where, when, uh, it's in Luke, but when, and it's just coming to me now, so I'm saying this, but when, when there is the Pharisee who, who gives all this stuff, and he says, thank God, I'm not like that, I think, tax collector over there. And then it focuses on the tax collector, and the, t- the tax and the sinner's beating his breast and saying, God, I am a sinner, please forgive me. And Jesus says, that man went forgiven. And you see the people that Jesus went to meet. It was these sinners. Matthew, Matthew threw a party for the Lord shortly after this. And it was a bunch of, it was a bunch of sneaking sinners because you know, no one else wanted to be around a tax collector. They were traitors. So who did he have to associate with? The, you know, the, at this time, the scum of the earth. But Jesus was there with those people. And that should say something about the heart of our God. And what we should be doing. I'm not saying, okay, well, this is an excuse to go to the bar. This is an excuse to go to a party or someplace I shouldn't go. But to love love people into the kingdom. To reach these people because Jesus did that. Verse 4, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. It shows here an emotional reaction to a devastating event. And I want you to know this, the reward here this is very important. The reward here, absolutely, believers, born again believers, starts right now. Because, because the truth is, there is something called death. The truth is, we have, we have these you know, terrible things do happen in this life. I think in Job, it says, it says that uh, man is, is prone to trouble surely as the spark flies upward. And people mourn. Jesus mourned for Lazarus. And he knew he was going to raise him from the dead. But he mourned. Death does have a sting. Death does have that aspect. But you know what, church? Body of Christ, Calvary Chapel, Ontario. You know why the blessing starts now? Because we comfort each other. In heaven, yes, obviously it's heaven. That's where the Lord is. You're going to be comforted. There'll be no more tears. Great. That's wonderful. I'm not discounting it. But I just really need it and I want you guys. I feel like God wants me to tell you it starts now. We comfort each other. Something's going on. I promise you, we'll make something for you. We'll cook some lasagna. We'll, we'll, we'll do Terry Taco Nachos for you. You know, but that starts now. Isn't that kind of the point? You know, uh, us discipling one another, us tightening up, us, us finding out. You know what? You know what heaven's going to be? It's, it's going to be with Jesus, and it's like one big fellowship fest forever. So guys, eternity, eternity starts now. It doesn't start when you die or when you're raptured. The kingdom of heaven is in your hearts right this moment. And I think we need to be aware of that and start behaving in that manner. If you're born again, you're going to go to heaven. Great. Absolutely. Wonderful. But now in this life, why don't we bring heaven to people that need it? And you know what heaven is? Heaven's just, like I said, heaven's just a place. If Jesus decides to move from heaven, heaven's just going to be a place made of gold. Because heaven's heaven when Jesus is there, and if Jesus is in your heart, and if Jesus is in this room right now, because Jesus is in this room right now, this is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew, the law talks about those. Um, this in Matthew chapter. If you want to turn there, Matthew chapter twenty-two, verse thirty-six. Got a new Bible. It's hard. Chapter 22, verse 36, That Jesus says, I'm sorry, it comes up to Jesus and says, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus says to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then in John, chapter 13, John chapter 13, verse 34, at the, um, at the um, Last Supper. A new commandment, Jesus says, I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you, if you have love for one another. And then in that, as we're mourning with people, as we're mourning with those who mourn, and as they're getting the, that eternal heavenly blessing right then and there, now in this life, is that not what Paul's talking, what the Holy Spirit really is talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 13? And that's a great thing to measure up in, in my loving, too. Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments. You know, he didn't, Jesus didn't say, if you love me, Make sure you, you constantly have that 100% emotional reaction at all times. Well, then we would never be able to love him. Because like I said, as soon as I get cut off, I'm not going to be in a really loving mood. You know, but but as, as you look and you see exactly what, what obeying is and how the Holy Spirit changes your heart, and as you, as you obey and, and you comfort those who are mourning it says, you know, though I, in thir- chapter thirteen of First Corinthians, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And you know what? People know when you're faking it. And even in, even if you're just doing it just to do the work or trying to try to reach somebody who's mourning, just to kind of like, here, here's some ramen for dinner. Sorry, sorry, your son died or whatever. I don't mean to make light. I promise. I'm just trying to give an example here. They know when you're faking it, right then and there. It's it's a clanging brass or or what you know a, um, a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Though I have all the gifts of prophecy and understand all mystery and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove the mountains, if I, if have not love, I am nothing. It says, you see the blessed life. You see that you see in, in especially as uh, mourning with those who mourn in love. You see where the value is. The most excellent way, as you're going through, ladies, you're going and you're learning about these gifts that you can have. Prophecy, speaking God's word to people. You know, maybe tongues will happen. You know, th- having the gift of faith, a gift of giving, all these crazy things that you could be doing that the Holy Spirit could give you. Great. But the greatest gift is love. And the greatest gift is what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago. And as you, as I got it, I'm giving to you, and as you're taking this love, and you're taking these words, you leave, and you pour into somebody, and that's discipleship. And that's how revival's going to happen, and that's how, that's, you know, that, that's how this works. And it's not going to stop. We're going to get to heaven, and we're going to do these things in eternity. Why why on earth would it stop? It's like, really, if you think about it, I mean, we live to be what, like, a, a hundred? Maybe? But really, you die, and then we can start doing some things, I think. I'm in a glorified body with the Lord, ruling and reigning with Christ during a thousand-year reign. I'm excited about that. But it starts now, and it starts in love, and as you go through these things. And, and you know what? It's not always easy to love, I've learned, it's, and and it takes work. But doesn't that make it worth it? Isn't that love too? Isn't that any relationship you've ever been in? You know, I understand the love of a father, not personally I don't have any children, but I under, but I am a son, and I understand the love of a father for a son because my I have a fantastic example. But even that relationship had to have been worked on and it started with my dad because I was a baby. But it grew and there was hard times and there was there was times where it felt like sounding brasses and clanging cymbals. But love grows. Love love comes from, from a gift from God and 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 so I think in this as we look at this this is, this is this is like God God mourns with you but God comforts you and God comforts you through his people. I mean he also does through the holy he does through the holy spirit but through his people look for those who are mourning here. I promise you church maybe you, I'm almost positive tonight there's somebody mourning. There are people hurting. I came back to the Lord because God rescued me, but I was hurting when I was there. I honestly didn't believe God loved me as, he, as much as he loved my father. My father's Pastor Mike. And as far as I'm concerned, nobody else knows the Bible better than my dad. And it, was, and it made sense to me, yeah, obviously, God, that you love my dad because he's Pastor Mike. You use him every day. He's been faithful I'm an alcoholic. I've done drugs. I've, you know, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible, evil sinner. And I, I just, and I would pray to God. I would ask him, Lord, if you just give me a tent and let me sleep on the outside of the pearly gates, that'll be enough for me. And I felt like when I get to heaven, God would be like, oh yeah, Sean, you're born again. Great. All right. Just go in the back. Does that make sense? You know, I felt like that, but that's not God. No, only God can love you exactly the same as everyone else fully because he's God. And you know what he told me? He's like, Sean, I, I I'm 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 that you you know I dance and sing because of you. I can't wait to get this going with you and use you. And you know what, guys, God God loves you so much. And I mean that in the example is 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 we don't always feel that emotional thing to God. I mean, it doesn't seem like we're always loving God like we should. But man, God's up there. In, Jesus is up there in his throne room. And you know what? He's thrilled to death. And he loves you so much because he has you. Because you're born again. And he has that excitement. And he can't wait to reveal that excitement totally, stop it, totally to you. When you get there and you walk into the throne room and Jesus stands up and says to his father, this is my son. This is one I died for God. He, he got born again on this day. And this is what he did for me and, because he obeyed me. And I love him so much. And God's going to say, yeah, I know. Guys, God loves you so much. Don't ever doubt that. And right now, you are his reward for what he did and died for you on the cross 2,000 years ago. And you can own those promises that he makes. His promise still stands. His word never fails. You can have those things. And guys, in this, as it says, blessed are you and you have these rewards right now and you're blessed because of this, he's not lying. This is how you live a blessed life. Like a full blessed life. You may be killed for your for your your Christian walk even. But then you can really get things started. Then you're really going to do ministry then because you're going to be with the Lord. And he's going to say, go and do this, go and do that. And you're going to be in heaven. That's amazing to me. It's just something that I think it should be real now, not just waiting for heaven to get these rewards. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth meek this speaks of a brokenness to a master kind of like a horse when a horse is broken this is not begrudging, I can't say this word begrud, begrudgingly meekness and that is not meekness but a result of walking with the lord of having the holy spirit in your life this is a heart that obeys if the world is created created by god then the earth totally belongs to you and that you're immortal and when you have the right heart and you're humble and you're meek and and people respond to that better um, you know, when, they, when they see how you're walking in that and God, and God starts to use you because of those, of those things up to now and meekness and God's using that and you're going, who's going to stop you? Literally, if God's calling you to go anywhere and do anything, you are immortal until you're done with that or until God's done with you doing that more than more, than, more is what I'm saying. There's no, everything was created by God. This whole earth is created by God. And again, Jonah being an example here. He didn't want to go but he hated the Ninevites. And what would happen if God called you to go into the middle of an ISIS-controlled area and said, Jesus, Jesus is a Jew and he's also the Messiah and you can't get, and he's God and you can't get to heaven without him. Seriously, someone's going to run up to you and try to cut your head off. Let's be real. In a, in a Muslim, ISIS-controlled area. But if that's what God wants you to do, they're not going to be able to lay a finger on you if that's what God's calling you to do. And I've been hearing so many stories in this, in, 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 in Jesus appearing to, to, to men and women in these Muslim Shiite controlled areas that are just genuinely trying to seek salvation and trying to seek God. But you know what? He's doing that work. But you know what he's, he's doing? He's sending them to talk to, the, talk to his people like he sent Jonah. And maybe he's sending you, and I'm not, I'm not saying let's get up and let's go to um, Saudi Arabia or wherever. But I'm just saying be sensitive. If you're meek, you're, you're, you're obedient to what God is calling you to do. One day we will rule and reign with Christ, but these are blessings that we have now. I think these things King David knew. Remember that David only had the law no one was talking about the law at this point. He only had the law, but he knew Jesus, and he knew this. In Psalms, chapter thirty-seven, a couple of verses in, in thirty-seven that kind of talk about this. I think they're kind of cool. Thirty-seven, verse twenty-two: For those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. And, and skipping down to verse twenty-nine, the righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. And also in verse 34, wait on the Lord and keep his and keep his way, and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. And also to a Jew, this makes a lot of sense because they were they have promises tied into the land of Israel. But as a born-again believer who's been grafted into the promises that were made to the Jews, we have these promises. Now there are certain specific promises made to the Jews, and I won't go into that, but what my point is in this. This starts now because you in, you inherit the earth, because God's in control. So if you go and you leave here and you're obedient, you you're not going to be stopped. The enemy will try to will try to distract you. Will try to throw obstacles. But God, but God's will be done and not ours. So meekness is obedience. It's a blessing in that. Like, um, and as you do that, and as you're meek and as you're doing His will, that's how you show God love. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, but, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away in a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Luke chapter 12, verse 33-34, Jesus says, Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourself money bags which do not grow old. A treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches or moth destroys. For there your treasure is... There your heart will be also. So what, you know, yeah, it starts now, and, and you know, we inherit the earth now as far as what we're going to do in God, but man, one day, it's not going to matter. It's all going to burn. God's going to do a new thing. And as we're building our treasures in heaven, I don't know, It's it, just obey. <laughs> you know, I think as you obey, I think that's the key here. In Matthew chapter 5, as you're, as you're walking in, in this, and it's, it's, just, it's just tied into obedience. That's how you show love. That's the meekness. That's the poor in spirit. That's the, the, the mourn and the comforting, is obedience to the Lord Jesus. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. As you obey and you see God um, work the blessing on your life, you look to him for your everything. The blessing here is God expects you to behave in a godly manner, even when you're wrong. One day the Lord will judge the earth and all that live in it. Another word is justice. We all want that, especially when you're wrong. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. It says, the matter of righteousness or justice Chapter twelve, starting at verse nine, says, "Let, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good." Going to um, verse twenty-one, be kind. I'm sorry, verse nineteen. I'm sorry, beloved. Do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. Or, uh, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, "Vengeance is mine; I will repay." Says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not overcome by do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Born again believer, as you're walking in the beatitudes and what Jesus says here, as you're trying to as you're as you're, as as God forms these things, as you obey His word, then I believe that's what happens here. as you, 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 your tendency will not be like <laughs> kick His teeth in God, like David said, when well, no, like, God strike Him dead, but it'll be like man. How hurt is that individual that treated me that way? I mean, man, we're like I've I've heard I've heard so many stories, and I've personally seen so many things of just people that are just messed up, that had terrible childhood. Maybe you're one of them. Just the abuse that we could bring upon on children or or just the way we could treat one another is just heartbreaking. It brings tears to your eyes sometimes, the way just how evil we can be to one another. And Jesus says, if you're mine and you're a part of the kingdom of heaven, you want to bless life, even those who mistreat you, treat them well, because you know what? They will realize that. They will see that, and, and maybe that's going to be the seed of salvation one day for them. Maybe someone that treated you so bad, maybe you have a father that abused you in some, any manner, and you, and, you, and you did what it says in Romans, not repaying evil, but you paid him with good, and you gave, and you gave him the gospel, but then you never seen him again. And then, one day you're, and then one day you, you, you die and you're, and you're going before the Lord and you're standing before the beam of seat of Christ and he's getting out rewards and he says, here, i got a reward for you. And he shows you your abusive father who, because of your example, became a born-again Christian. Is that not a reward? Maybe, you have, maybe parents, you have children who have completely fallen away and walked away from the Lord. Jesus says, raise a child in the way they should go and in the end they, they will not depart from it. Is, once you give up, you know, It says in my Father's house are many mansions. And let's say you, get, you have three kids, but then you get three mansions. Parents, would you not give up every single mansion to see your children in heaven? And you see what I'm saying? This is a people thing. What Jesus did on the cross, he died to save people. I mean, he saved that thief on the cross when he was dying. That must have blown that guy's mind. Who are you? You're God as they're walking into heaven, you know? And think of his reward every time someone reads that and becomes born again. He's being discipled in heaven by the Lord. That's amazing to me. But you know what? Heaven starts now, right? The kingdom of heaven is here now, right? So what do we do? We start discipling each other. We start thirsting for righteousness. And the righteousness is the love that we show even to our enemies. Because it's God. It's not us. Because the reality is our tendency is if you punch me in the face, I'm going to be tempted to, to give you the people's elbow in the face. You know? I'm saying that's that's Sean's flesh and you know by the way there's there is a self-defense so I'm looking at you there is a self-defense we obviously you protect your families you know have common sense in that it's like when Jesus later on in the Sermon on the Mount says you know if, if someone takes your tunic give him your code or whatever it's not like oh you, you stole my wallet do you want my checking account no it's not what it's saying there but love people. That's how they'll know your disciples. That's what's going to draw people into heaven, is the love of Christ shining through you. That's the righteousness. It says the breastplate of righteousness. You know what? In the, in the military, it, you know how they know your Marines? It says it right there over your heart. And guess what, Christian? You know how they, know you're, they should know you're a believer? It should say it over your heart, through your actions, and how you love one another and those who mistreat you. None of this righteousness is yours anyway, I put in my notes. It is God. You will be filled with justice in, in that aspect one day. I always joke during the, the Great White Throne judgment is probably gonna be the worst thing because people like Adolf Hitler, if he didn't die if he died without the Lord Jesus, is going to stand in front of God and answer for six million Jews that he murdered. I always joke, I'm gonna stay in my mansion that day. During the Great White Throne judgment. You know, I'm good, I'll just gonna hang out in my mansion, you know, and, and hang out with my reward and not watch that. Because guys, one day the reality is people will be judged for every single solitary sin that they've ever committed. And the only reason you won't be judged for that is because Jesus took your punishment on the cross. And you could see the impact. Think about, like, and I said, like, think about the worst sin you've ever committed and you've ever done. And how that, that, oh, I hate thinking about it. That makes me cringe. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I treated you that way. Jesus took that on the cross. And you have this great gift and you have this ability to literally save people from eternal damnation. From having, I mean, it must be hell to stand before God and have to answer for everything, let alone the worst sins. Why did you lie to your mom? About, you know, why you don't call her when you're in Okinawa and when you should call her. I just, uh, I, I one time I told my mom, oh, I don't call because I'm, uh, I'm mar- training in the Marine Corps. And she said, no, you're not. But, you know, even answering to that, lying, small lies, white lies, that, that must be hell too. In verse, um, and by the way, you, you, you will be filled when you uh, thirst for righteousness. You're filled every day in, in, in that. God is so good. God is holy, God is righteous, and you wear his righteousness on your chest every single time you put on Christ, every time you put on that armor. That starts now as well. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. This ties in, uh, I think, of Joseph from, uh, Joseph, um, you know, and his his brothers, his 12 brothers who sold him into slavery. You know, he, I mean, he had every right in the world to just annihilate them, when they came to him later on, you know, after he, was, he rose to prominence in, in Egypt. But you see his heart. He was merciful. But, you know, he was even—I don't want to say he was merciful just for the sake of mercy. Like, I will show you mercy. He was like—I think he was through the moon broken, destroyed, like sad, but also happy that he was getting his brothers back. I mean, he, he, he would have to, he'd have to walk off because they didn't recognize him and cry. I think those were partially tears of joy. I'm getting my brothers back. I have my family back. And you know what? Merciful people, I don't care if you're a Christian or not even. Merciful people, you just kind of are, aren't you kind of drawn to them? But since we are born again believers, you ought to be merciful because you know what? Your heavenly father is merciful to you. First of all, he sent his son. He gave a part, uh, literally a part of himself to pull us out of hell. We need to be merciful with people. We need to be merciful with each other and we can have that problem if we're being very real Christians church I mean what what does the world say about us sometimes it says we're not or that we're hypocrites or that we're terrible individuals well first of all thank thank God that the terrible people are in church but but let, what if they started but what if what if a revival broke out let's say in the United States let's say in Ontario because man they're merciful at Ontario man is that what Jesus is like is that what really goes on? Because, you know, I have everything else in the world that I see that's going on. I have, I have all the, my friends, my, you know, all, whatever, all the sin that goes on that I see all the time, but I just need a touch. I need someone to hug me. I need to walk in somewhere and have someone say, I, I don't care what you did. Let me, let me, let me point you at Jesus. And it says, you know, and that starts now. Obviously, you'll obtain mercy. But guess what? You've obtained mercy when you were born again. So you, so you already have it. You will obtain mercy. Well, you have the mercy. So guess what? You ought to do: be merciful to people, and be careful as you're hearing me say that, because maybe God's gonna not test you know test you, but maybe that's gonna happen this week. What a perfect opportunity to show mercy if that comes up. Be aware of that, and the blessing that's in that. Verse 24, nope, sorry, verse 9, I had 24 on here. Um, Blessed are the peacemakers, nope, sorry, blessed are the pure in heart, in verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2 says, Brothers, offer yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. I'm going to read that real quick. It says in Romans, Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. If you're living the beatitudes, you're definitely not being conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And as you're going, I think honestly, me personally, in what Paul's saying here, I think every single day you need to throw yourself on that altar and offer yourself. You know why? Because you're not the living sacrifice, but Jesus is the living sacrifice. And if you're born again, you have Jesus inside of you, and you offer yourself. And guess what gets burned away? Your flesh. The awfulness gets burned off. And what's left? What's holy and acceptable to God. And so what it, as, as you're looking at this, and it says, the pure in heart, it's Jesus that makes you pure. And, and every day you have to do Every day you have to put on the armor. Am I, am I not right when you put on the armor of God? Because this is spiritual warfare. So every day you offer yourself to, to God. God, search my heart, O God. In fact, I have that here in Psalms 139, verse 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart, Lord. Try me and know my every thought and see if there be any hurtful way in me. Because you know what? I will hurt myself. Because I will, I promise you when I leave here, I will sin. But God, if you are searching my heart, if I, I invite you into my sin, I invite you into my mess, Lord, because you can fix everything. Because you make me who I am. Because your word changes me from the inside out. I'm putting myself on the altar. Even though it burns, even though it hurts, I just, wanna, I just, I just don't want to be this anymore. I want to be like you. And I think that's what these beatitudes are. This is This blessed is, is you're, you're, you're behaving as the, I don't know why I keep doing that. You're behaving like the image of the sun and being renewed to the image of God. We move in victory every single day. John chapter 14 through 6 and 6 through 9, Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except by me. So as we're offering our living sacrifice, Jesus being, being the, the perfect sacrifice, we offer that, and we realize that, and we say, search me, O God. We do that with Jesus living inside of our hearts, being born again every single day. And you know, as you do that, perfect opportunity to lead your wives in devotions. Perfect opportunity for that. And if you don't, if you're not married, perfect opportunity to lead yourself in devotions under the, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? People respond to that. Luke chapter 15 verse 10 says, Likewise I say to you, there is joy in the, presence of the, uh, in the presence of the angels over one sinner who repents. And as they look at you, as you're pure in heart, as you're merciful, as you hunger for righteousness and poor in spirit and meek, and they're attracted to that because they've they're been so heard, they're missing it. There's that God-shaped hole inside of their soul. Then they come to repentance. Then the Holy Spirit doing its work. Then they say, they call upon the name of the Lord and believe in their heart and they're, and they're saved. When you're discipling, you see the fruits of the Spirit in this. As you move and you, and you pour into someone like your son, your wife, your wife, and your husband, your kids, or maybe someone that God has brought into you, you, you start to see those gifts, you start to see the, the fruit of the Spirit. And when you take a step back and look at all, all God has done, I think then you kind of see the face of God in that. And the completed work of what he's doing. And you see that the blessings of the beatitude starts now. But, uh, but it says, that, you know, how do we see God's face? Yes, we see God's face in that now. But look, Job says, and also the heaven aspect, Job 19.26 says, One day I will see God with my eyes. My reward will be when I stand before God and have the Lord Jesus say, This is Sean. And I don't think God's going to go, oh, okay. I think God's going God's to go, I know. God told, me, God told me a while ago to my soul and my heart, you know, you, keep your eyes on me. Blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. Keep your eyes on me, because when you're keeping your eyes on God, you, then you're pure in heart. Then there's not other things entering into those eyes. And you're, and you're looking into the face of the one that you adore, and then you're in the presence of your Savior, and then you are pure in heart, then you're seeing the face of God. The pure in heart will see God, because the pure in heart want to see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Notice that it doesn't say, blessed are the pacifists. Jesus is the peacemaker, what he did on the cross. Colossians 1.20 And by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Before we can have peace with, with us and others, we have to have peace with God. And we do that through accepting the Lord Jesus. Romans one. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace through God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. So then we have peace. Now we can bring those peace to others, a peace that surpasses all understanding. And I promise you, you guys know, you guys at one point were not born again. You remember that life? Yeah, I'm not, don't, you know, I don't have to bring up painful memories, but remember that life before there was peace? I mean, isn't God so good? You know, every, like, I'm looking back, every single, I mean, the fact that I'm up here, I'm by no means worthy or intelligent enough or anything to be doing this. But everything good that I have has, has been from God because god it's like God took it as a challenge in my life. Oh, you don't think I love you? I'm going to blow your mind with how much I'm in love with you and show you what love is. And everything good, like, that's amazing to me. And you know what's awesome? I, I've, I've been to, like, in the last month or whatever, last week, I've been to, um, like, two weddings. And you know, Jesus talks about, talks about, like, wedding feast and then and and, and he's at a wedding and he turns water into wine. And all these, and, you know, and I think of the atmosphere of a wedding, and you know, all the great food, sometimes, you know, all the, all, you know, the drinks, the music, the lights, the, the atmosphere of love, and I think of heaven. Think about that when we're st- when we go, and we're one day, whether you die or you're raptured, and, you, and maybe after this, if you want to. We're going it's, to, it's not something light. We're going to be in God and, you know, it, it, the fellowship, the marriage supper of the Lamb, I don't think it's just us going to be sitting around in Catholic robes sitting around a table going, hmm, you know. I'm going to be reaching over, grabbing your piece of bread and throwing bread at my friend over there who made it to heaven and looking and just being blown away that Jesus is right there saying, I told you I loved you. Think about it, like a wedding. Think about that feast, that, that fellowship and understand that it has to, that it it's with other people. You're not going to be the only one in heaven. And if you think that, you're not living the Beatitudes. Second um, Corinthians 5.20 Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading with us, we implore you on Christ's behalf to re- be reconciled to God. And that's how, you, that's, that's how you're a peacemaker. And that starts now. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sakes, for those, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are, are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. And we'll close here. and we'll go have nachos. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work... This is about the beam of seed of Christ and reward. Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's works of which sort it is. If anyone's work which has... Built on it, endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. And being persecuted, there's obviously a great reward in that. And if you're, I mean, if you're murdered, What's the worst thing that's going to happen to us is death. And that's the best thing that's going to happen to us because we're going to be in the presence of God. And I can't fully 100% say this is what the reward means or this is the reward. Because you know what? My reward, the only thing I can wrap my head around as far as reward in heaven is Jesus. And the fact that I'm his reward and how much that means to him and how much he wants that and how he literally left all these people to go after me and pull me out of the miry clay, like the Bible says, and take me back and go, (laughs) look at me. I love you. And I don't, you know, and, and just to just, just stand there in the presence of God one day. But guess what I'm doing right now is I'm standing in the presence of God and I'm seeing his love so much through the members of Calvary Chapel, Ontario. As you guys come and, you, and we, we, we do things like eat nachos and get heartburn, some of us. But as we hang out, as, we, as we're up here and we're worshiping God, or we're doing it on Sunday morning, or we're doing it at midweek, or we're having VBS. And you know what? I genuinely, honestly, with all my heart, think in the aspect of, dis- of, of discipleship, of looking at the synoptic gospels, which means seen together. I realize I skipped that. I meant to say that in the beginning. So, Matthew, Mark, Luke are the synoptic gospels. Anyway, as we're, as, we're, as we're doing this, we're doing it together. You know what I think the reward, you know, it's obviously Jesus, and how the reward starts now, is people, is those that you touch on behalf of loving the lord of being in your heart of looking at them and, and realizing that you obeyed and you talked to that individual one day on the streets and that that seed grew and that so and that someone god used someone to harvest that and now he's in heaven forever with you best example i could think of is your children you're seeing your kids in heaven must be the greatest reward of all time except for jesus being the greatest reward of all time but either way no matter what that means i don't know if you're going to have the biggest goldest diamond mansion in heaven or what that means in a thousand year reign, or whatever, you, whatever the reward is. At the end of the day, guys, Jesus is the great reward. And if you want to have a blessed life, look at Jesus, the one who, who spoke, the Lord of creation, who spoke everything into existence, who's literally with his mouth saying, go disciple people, and obey him. That's the key here. How do you have a blessed life? Obey the Lord. Love other people. Love your enemies. All these hard things. And take the Beatitudes, these short verses, and and you can see it. Am I doing this? Search my heart, O God, through the word. And see, see if there's a difference there. See if you don't have a blessed and full life that starts now and is going to continue on into eternity. The pure in heart will see God because the pure in heart want to see God. Heavenly Father, God, we just come before you, Lord, and we just ask, Lord, that you would... God, that, that everything that I said that was from me would be forgotten, Lord, but everything that you said through me will just be written upon our hearts, Lord. And Lord Jesus, we do love you, and we want to obey you, Lord, and we want to move in you, Lord, and we want to be blessed. So we just ask right now you'd pour your Holy Spirit, that you would give us gifts, that you would fill us to the point of overflowing, that we would take these things throughout the week and be blessed by them. And God, we just ask, Lord, that if if, if the enemy's just, just foaming at the mouth to get at us, that you would continue to protect us, and even though we may go through those things, Lord, that you, will, that you will be there every step of the way, because we're your reward, that you died on the cross for us, Lord. And in that, right now, if there's anybody in here, and all, he- all eyes are closed, and all heads are bowed, if you want the assurity of salvation, and to start living this blessed life, if the Holy Spirit has touched your heart, and you, and, and you just want that assurity, just raise your hand really quick, and become born again and move in that blessed life. Heavenly Father, you see that you see the hand that's raised, God, and we just praise you for that. And Lord, we just ask that you would enter into um, that person, Lord, and fill with your Holy Spirit. And right now, if, guys, if you would all pray for me and join me in the sinner's prayer, and just repeat after me: Heavenly Father, I know I am a sinner. I know, Lord Jesus, you died to save sinners. I know that you died to save me. Seal me with the Holy Spirit. Use me in a mighty way. And help me to be obedient towards you. In love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. May you all stand, please. I always mess that up.